Welcome to Mentally Sounds Life Knockdown podcast series. This is episode 64. My name is Ricky Thaman and I'm your host for the next hour. Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. The idea is that myself and my guests talk candidly and in substance about anything and everything to do with mental health. So on that basis, as a disclaimer, we do urge you to go and see your GP, crisis centre or therapist if you find the following topics of our discussion distressing for you. A reminder that Mentally Sound is a podcast, was formerly a radio show that pre-existed the pandemic and lockdown, so we've adapted to podcast medium for the meantime during lockdown. If you listen to us on Spice FM, brilliant community radio station from Newcastle's West End, you can tune in via 98.8 FM, or online via the website at www.spicefm.co.uk and we're on air on Tuesdays at 1pm and repeated on Saturdays at 3pm. If you'd like to get in touch, be it signpost to a guest or seek advice from our therapist, you can email us at mentallysound at spicefm.co.uk or get in touch via our social media where we have links to all our shows as well. On Twitter we're at underscore mentallysound on Instagram, we're at Mentally Sound Radio, and on Facebook, it's Mentally Sound Radio Show. And incidentally, on our Facebook header page, you'll find updated archives of all our podcasts with all the relevant topics underneath that you might find related to you best. We're also on the relevant podcast platforms, so you can find Mentally Sound on Clip, spelt C-L-Y-P, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker and Apple Podcasts. And on our show this week is a very impressive young man by the name of Kai Layton. And he has a brand new project called Be Heard, The Young Voice. The idea is that it raises issues to do with young people, especially mental health. And we also talk about what it's been like for him as a young person through schooling throughout the pandemic, which of course we know has been very tough on them. And he's been very candid. He speaks very articulately. He's a very impressive young man. Now, do you hope you enjoy the show? Thank you. And yes, here we are, listeners, followers. It's episode 64. And we've got a great guest lined up. I am in belief that he could possibly be not only the youngest guest from these podcasts, but um, also the youngest guest on Mentally Sound overall, because before I got directly involved, I know we had some young guests, but I don't know if they were as young as this lad, um, but he's got a lot to say and he's embarking on a great new project. Um, he found us on Instagram and he wanted to be involved, so I'm more than happy to welcome him on board, and I'm delighted to say... Um, We've got Kai Layton joining us. Hello, Kai. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. It's, um, it's good to be here on the podcast, get, get the story heard, get what I'm doing heard. Very important work. So, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for finding us. Um, so, as you say, you, you're you a young lad of 16. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've got a backstory, which I'm sure you're gonna we're going to be talking about. But um, you've just launched a project which, uh, again, you'll be telling us about, and we're excited to hear about that. But um, my first question to you, um, 
not only is it how you're doing right now, but um, especially with someone who, who obviously has just had, you know, very recent schooling experience, but what has the whole lockdown experience been for you uh, overall? If you And, you know, talk about as much as you want, because I know that for especially the young people, the last sort of, you know, 14, 15, 16 months has been quite quite a test in time. Um, but if I was asking you, Kai, describe lockdown, um, how would you describe it overall? Um, it's been very up and down, I have yeah. to say. Um, I think that when lockdown first started, I think I can talk on behalf of most of young people. Yeah, There was quite a lot of excitement. Um, people thought it would be like a month-long break, get a little holiday from school. Yeah. Um, but then it turned into this big, massive thing, numerous mm. lockdowns. Um, I, I've missed months and months of school. Yeah, And it, like, like I say, it's been up and down, some mm. good days, and obviously battling my mental health as well. There has been yeah. um, some down days for me as well. Yeah, But it, it's been something like nothing other. Um, and there's very few words I can use to describe it. Mm. Um, confusing, con- very confusing. Um, especially with the government and all the U-turns, mm-hmm. um, what's happening with exams, will GCSEs go ahead, will they not? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I, I have managed to deal with it quite well. I know mm-hmm. a lot of other people who have as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's been very up and down, very confusing, but we're at the end of it now, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing very good, thank you. Good, good. Glad to hear. Um I was going to ask in terms of um, support from, I know that young lads can rely on peer support, you know, obviously it comes through friendships, um, but in terms of like your school, I know it was a, it was a whole new experience for them, but, and, and we've talked a lot about schooling in these podcasts and, and, you know, the, the kind of new things that they've introduced to help um, pupils, be it sort of mindfulness courses and offering counselling, but, but how have they been in terms of support for, for you individually? Were they there for you or was it some, in terms of help, was it something that you had to, you know, look for yourself? I, I have to say it was definitely something I had to look for myself. Mm. Um, I've always have to, I've always had to rely on myself yeah. to support myself. Um, I think my school alone, hasn't done very much and hasn't done very well when it comes to young people and mental health and COVID. Yeah. I, I remember when I first went back in September, I got told off for wearing a face mask because oh, really? at the time they weren't mandatory. Wow. And okay. it was up to the individual school and what they would do. Yeah. Um, and our school decided not to wear them. I wanted to wear it. I was high risk. Yeah. There's people in my family who are high yeah, risk. Yeah, yeah. And I got told off for wearing it. Wow. Okay. So I think that just in terms of my school individually they haven't dealt with it very well there hasn't been much support in place mm. i'm happy to say that that is definitely changing and um, we've got a new head teacher mm. so things are looking hopeful for the future but over the past few years especially during my five years at the school yeah it's, there's been nothing there really and mm. anyone who wanted to support would have to go out and find it by themselves right and um, which didn't help anyone really okay um, you mentioned um, being high risk and and members of your family being high risk. Um, how how were the how were the family and people close to you in terms of the pandemic? Was every everyone okay? Was was anyone in, infected or were you worried about particular people? Um, things like that. Um, there was definitely a lot of concern around 
particular people, especially like my mum and my grandma, because yeah. um, my mum works in mental health well. All right. She's a mental health nurse. Right. So there was a lot of concern around her going to the hospital and whether yeah. she'd catch it or what. Yeah. Um, but we've been very lucky to, no one's really caught in my family. Good. We've had some extended family, but they were very fit and healthy and didn't affect them too Good. much. Uh, but there was a lot of concern, a lot of anxiety yeah. around going out, wearing masks, sanitising. Yeah. Which I think it, it, it is the same for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall we've done quite well. Good, good to know. Um, in terms of um, friends and peer support, how how crucial was it to have um, such, such technology as we're using now as we do this podcast to stay in touch with people? And did you also rely upon to to make sure upon the well being of your of your friends and and were you were you all sort of closely knit in terms of peer support through technology and and, and making sure that you're all kind of all right with each other? I've got to say I'm very lucky to have grown up in around technology, yeah. especially like I said during the pandemic with my mental health. Going out and interacting with people before COVID was mm. sort of my 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 time out. I wouldn't think about my problems as much. Yeah. Um. And in lockdown, being able just to you know go on my PlayStation, um, yeah. play games with my pals, yeah. Or even just like a FaceTime call or group chat, it, it did help quite a lot. It was a very good distraction. Mm. And obviously, the work I've done, I've done quite a lot of work with mental health over the past few years, um, especially in supporting young people, um, particularly younger than me, year nine and year ten. Okay. Um. And I did find that quite a lot of people relied on me during lockdown yeah. as well for advice, nice. for tips. Um, just to talk about problems in general, like people would argue with their family a lot more. Mm. And when they went through that, they'd be able just to hop on Snapchat mm. and message me. Mm. So technology has definitely helped not just myself and other people. Yeah. And, and even with learning, um, I've had to rely on Google to learn a lot because mm. um, schools were closed and yeah. using Teams to have online lessons. And yeah, it has been a blessing in disguise, yeah. really. Well, there's plenty to pick from that. Um, it's 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 really nice to know that um, you were seen as a a person for your friends to to go to in terms of um, support, which which I'm sure we'll talk about more. Um, it, it's great to have the whole hour with you because. You know, as I say, schooling and young people have been very common themes in, in these podcasts. So I feel like um, I want to, you know, throw so many questions and talking points to you, which, but by, by, you will already sound really articulate. So I'm sure you're going to be okay with this. But um, um, I guess my, my last question regarding school before we talk about other issues is, um, of course, you know, 16 is a very crucial age and, uh, not just for schooling, but in terms of, you know, growing up and the sort of, you know, the gap between, um, you know, between, you you know, go forth to being a young man, a teenager and everything and, and all that sort of stuff. So you've had so much to deal with in such a short space of time. But um, tell me about, you mentioned GCSEs before, and I remember my GCSEs, and that was obviously in a non-pandemic um, phase. But um, just what has it been like um, in terms of having to, do all that work in such in such a different way and um you know revision and that sort of thing and and um, you know being away from the school and away from libraries sort of thing um 
Um, has that been a natural progression? Because obviously you've you you've been brought up in technology, as you say, or did you have to readjust quite 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 sort of differently? I, I think there was definitely a lot of um, readjusting when it came to it. Obviously, technology helped quite a lot, yeah. but having that face to face interaction when learning yeah. does help a great deal. Yeah, um, I've got to say that I'm quite. I, I was quite happy that GCSE has more or less got cancelled. Yeah. Um, obviously, we still had exams, but we didn't have as many. We yeah. did it within a week. We had two a day for a week yeah. compared to what you'd normally have, yeah. which was a lot more. You'd have like two per subject. Mm. Um, so it, it's um, the teachers use a lot of um, classwork as well. Yeah. So I think it is definitely a lot easier to get higher grades. That did take a lot of pressure off. Okay. But then for other young people, there'd be a lot more pressure because, like, like I mentioned before, there was a question of whether we'd do GCSEs or whether we'd not. Mm. And it was very stressful for, for a lot of people because yeah. they didn't have that reassurance. They didn't know what was going to happen, mm-hmm. what the future would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got to say that technology has helped a lot, but it doesn't compare to the face-to-face yeah, interaction sure. you have with a teacher. Yeah. Um, and once again, with exams and uncertainty around them, Mm. It created a lot of anxiety. Mm. Um, you could just even tell that the atmosphere in schools and classrooms was a lot different. Mm. People were a lot more focused, a lot more serious. Yeah. Because you have these set of exams that dictate your future for the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. So, like, like I said, technology has helped a great deal. Mm. There's been a lot of anxiety. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that's over, really. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of other young people are having a chance to hopefully enjoy our summer. Did you have? Did months. you have to go through the stress of the that kind of debacle about the predictable grades um, issues? And if if that if that if you did, what was that like? Um, there was there was, there was definitely a lot of issues around that for me in mm. particular, and a lot of other people as well because. Especially with me, I didn't focus very much in year 9 and 10. Mm. So if it was based on predicted grades, it'd be from year 9, 10 and 11. Yeah. And obviously, I wasn't too happy with that because my grades weren't the best. Yeah. My classwork wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when the question of predicted grades was on the table, mm-hmm. I was definitely worried. Because um, like I say, these GCSEs dictate your life for the next two years. Yeah. But there's jobs, sips form, college. Mm. And to have that in the back of your mind that, well, I haven't done well, so mm. I might, um, I'll fail, I'll get threes and fours. Yeah. It was definitely worrying. Yeah. Um, and like I say, a lot of the young people I know mm. have felt the same way. Mm. I know in my time, you know, as I said, I've shown my, I've shown my age before, um, but in my time of um, GCSEs and that whole time of being 16 around the early 1990s, um, I found exams and revision, it, it, it was testing to my mental health, although I didn't know it then because, of course, we didn't talk about mental health back then as we do so right now. But um, one thing I did find uh, of a great help was, was coursework. And I know there's been a lot of reforms recently. Did you have? Did you guys have the options of coursework, sort of other work, um, uh, you know, outside of exams that that contributed to your final mark, your final grade? Um, obviously, with the change in GCSEs, a lot of work um, outside of exams did contribute. But yeah. 
I think coursework was pretty much scrapped a few years ago. Yeah, so um, okay. I, I did I, I did information technology IT, mm -hmm. um, and that was primarily coursework. But for yeah. other lessons, it yeah. wasn't, which I think it, it did have quite big impact on grades because yeah. certain young people work differently. Some people work well over periods of time, yeah. um, like through coursework, and um, some people excel better in exams. And not having that coursework available did definitely impact quite a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I was just going to say, um, it's what I find quite tragic because I know that we'll we'll get on to the issue of young people in a in the broad sense as as we chat because one thing I feel that is being missed. And I'm sure I'm sure you'll agree is that um, is not treating kids as the individuals that they deserve to be. There's certain things that are suited to that person. So if someone suffers from, say, panic attacks and it, and it obviously would flare up around exams and exam times, you would then assume that the, having the option of coursework will be very favourable to them. So as you say, when when they were scrapped a few years ago, um, even though you know I'm. I'm well into my sort of forties now, but even then, I, I, hearing that news, I'm very—I was very devastated because I know what that would have been like for me at that, that at that age, being your age, having that option taken away from me. Um, but as you say, there's certain subjects which did allow that to some extent. But um, I'm sure you've had other sort of older people, as it were, tell you how great some coursework was. And and is there a part of you that feels that you missed out on not having that option fully? To having to go outside and I know it obviously in an, in a non pandemic way, but you know me having coursework, I was allowed to have you know do practical projects. For example, in geography, I was able to go out to a um, a public park, which I I was able to you know do stuff like soil erosion measurements and all that sort of thing, take photographs. Um, in art, I was able to go out and do outside drawing that sort of thing. Do you feel it was something given your Issues with mental health—that it was something that you missed out on. It was something that you wished you had. Yeah, definitely. Um, I never really got to experience coursework, so yeah. I can't really talk from much experience. Yeah. But especially like the coursework I did, my IT work, yeah. that did help me quite a lot because that's how my brain works. Yeah. Being able to do it over a period of time, yeah. independently, but you have that time. So it's not the stress of having to cram it all into, you know, one, an hour and a half session of an exam. Yeah. You'd have a few weeks to do it. Yeah. Um, and that would definitely have helped me. Um, mm. I get quite, I'm not going to say anxious, but in exams, I'm, I can't sit still yeah. that long. I, yeah. I end up, like, tapping my leg or tapping my yeah. pen. Yeah. Which, the, the thought at the end of year 10 that, oh, next year I'm going to be doing GCSEs. Mm for what two month period I'm gonna have all these terms. Yeah. It, it did it, it was quite a challenge. Yeah. Um so I definitely do think that coursework would have benefited me on a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purely not only just because of what I've gone through mentally, mm. but because of my skill set yeah. and how I work. Yeah. Um so it, it is a big <clears> shame. <throat> it took quite as a lot you, of as you as you as you said before that the benefits of face to face interaction with your teacher Coursework also allows you to do that on an outside level as well. You can meet other people, um, someone you need to engage with, engage with to to gain information from, to work with, to compile a project which you'll you know 
you can hand in as a as a separate thing to exams. Um, yeah, I thought that was brilliant for me, and uh, I don't think I would have done as well as I did. I mean, I exceeded my own expectations, but that was largely down to coursework. If it was solely down to exams, I don't think I would have done as well. So, um, yeah, I might. My heart goes out to to people like you and and others who didn't ex- didn't sadly didn't get to experience that. But hey, it maybe it's something we can change for further generations. You never know, um, as 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 we say. So, um, I feel um, I think in the second half I want to talk more about your project that you get under the way. But I think for the remaining, um, for the remaining sort of like uh, so just under ten minutes, well, I want to. I want to explore a little bit more about what it what it means to be a young person and obviously experiencing lockdown and and and, and sort of issues around mental health. Um, um, you mentioned that your mum is a mental health nurse, and I was curious as to whether that was an influence upon you being um, open about your mental health and and wanting to sort of do things to help others, as you as you admitted before your friends come to you for for help and advice was was your mum a, a big influence in that would you say yeah 100 percent um my mum hasn't always worked in mental health but she has always worked in a mm. caregiving role yeah um whether it's uh, in-house care for end-of-life patients or in hospitals she's always done that sort of work and i grew up around that yeah i, I get a lot of things from her in terms mm. of i care a lot of people and I want to give my all to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so being able, so so having the thought of wanting to help people, mm-hmm. and actually being able to give that help. Yeah, I have to owe it a lot, a lot of it down to my mum, because mm-hmm. growing up seeing that it was a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. And we never had it easy growing up in a low income household. And say my mum worked hours and hours on end yeah. to provide for me and my sister. I, I I think that this is sort of my way to work in hours and hours to provide and provide support for other young people because mm. I know what it's like to go through struggles with mental health mm-hmm. and I also know I've I've also seen what it's like to provide support mm-hmm. around that mm-hmm. so taking my experience and my mum's experience I put it together and yeah. here we are today. Excellent. I'm um, quite overjoyed to hear that. It's always nice to hear experience and inspiration from the family. Um, that's really good. And I, I imagine your mum has always encouraged you to be open about your well-being and not have it sort of, you know, shut away inside a box, which I guess as young people, I know from my own generation, that is in, in one sense that we were encouraged to do, the whole kind of man-up sort of thing. But um, um, I imagine your mum kind of has kind of went against the grain to you given her role and her job um and as you say you 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 would have seen the rewarding experiences that she has gained from helping others is also inspired you yeah yeah 100% i think that my mom definitely it's very hard to support your own child yeah. compared to support um compared to supporting a patient mm. um but she did always try to get me to open up and I never did yeah. um, not until recently but I always knew that she was there for me mm. always knew that she'd help me mm. um, and in February when I tried to take my life last year mm. she did everything she could to get me support right. so it, it, even though I didn't open up just yeah. knowing that I had that support there was comforting mm. um, 
so it definitely did help quite a lot um, her role in mental health and her training well thanks for being so candid i mean you admitted to what happened last february uh, it's 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 in one sense it's very shocking to hear obviously but on the one sense i'm also glad that you're here to to sort of you know the other side as it were and not only um you know seeking inspiration to make yourself get better but also with others as as with peers as as you said before um just one one last question regarding your mom how was it how was it for her um, in the pandemic was was her stress kind of you know um increased tenfold was she having to you know deal with with cuz obviously you're stressful enough being a, a mental health nurse how how difficult was it on on, on her as an individual um over you know the last few months it's been very hard for her i have mm. to say um, and and still is to an extent yeah. uh, especially just around covid the fact that she goes into work and she first hand experiences covid mm. to then come home to have two high risk children yeah for her, there was a lot of anxiety and stress around protecting me and my sister from COVID. Yeah. Um, and like once again, the struggles of being a mental health nurse, um, on top of that, stru- um, juggling with COVID and going to uni as well. Um, mm-hmm. She's doing her masters in uni. Wow. Okay. Um, so having to juggle all of that, it was very stressful. She doesn't sleep much. Mm. She doesn't get much rest. Mm. But for her, in the long term, it is all worth it. Because yeah. she wants to provide the best life for me and my sister as possible. So, brilliant, excellent. Um, well, just one last word. I mean, I know I can't speak on behalf of her, but I imagine she's quite proud of um, not only for you for 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 getting better after your recent experiences, but but that you've taken on the kind of the similar journey that she has in wanting to seek be it a career or even just on a social level to help others um she must be very proud yeah 100 like i said before to have the support of my mom yeah it does go a long way because mm. at the end if anything does happen i'll always know that i've got my mom there to have my back good, so good. It, it is very comforting great great well i think that's a nice uh way to end the first half we've um it's gone it's gone really fast I know that um, Kai and myself in our pre-chat we were wondering how long this would go for, but um, I, I think I knew from from very early on, knowing how articulate uh, Kai is, that we would have no problem going the full hour, the, going the distance, as it were, to use a, a boxing phrase. But um, so, listeners, we're going to take a little, uh, few seconds musical interlude. We'll be back in a few seconds, and we'll we'll talk more about kai and uh, his new project we'll talk more about that and how he became inspired to take that one up so join us again in a few seconds thank you welcome back to episode 64 the young and very talented Kai Layton is still with us. He was telling us about what it was like for the pandemic as him as a young person um, and all the things he went through and uh, very candid he was. And yeah, and I think listeners would appreciate it, you know, given the common themes of young people and uh, schooling that we finally have have it from the horse's mouth, as it were, you know, the front line, someone who was there, a, a young person. So um, 
we appreciate all that Kai's been telling us thus far, and he's got much more to to say, I'm sure. Um, Kai, so so yeah, you were telling us, you know, you got in touch, and when I saw your account, I had had it written down here. It be heard the young voice, um, and I think in a way it speaks for itself because, you know, even pre-pandemic. The issues regarding young people you probably would be unheard. You know, you class yourselves as a voiceless, especially in terms of mental health. And I know there's other issues you want to tap into, like racism and the environment. Um, but was the crucial step the turnaround? And I know that your mum and uh, your own experiences was a was a, a turning point as well. But the the fact of being unheard, of not having a, a loud enough platform, was a big reason why you wanted to set up a project? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I experienced quite a lot in school, um, teachers telling me that you're young, you haven't experienced life, be mm. quiet, your voice doesn't matter, your opinion doesn't matter. Um, and then, you know, an hour later in a different lesson, you'd be get told, we would be told that, you know, if you have a problem, speak to me. If something's wrong, speak to me. But then when you do go, you go, you go and you do that, you get told that your opinion doesn't matter, that you're too young to understand. And it happens for young people all across the country and, and the world, in fact. And would you say that was people, just? Would you say that was just school, or would you say it was in other areas of life as well? It, it was definitely in other areas of life, and you, you'd find that quite a lot when people realised how young you were that you, people would talk down to you mm-hmm. as if you know you didn't matter all because you're so young but the issues that we face is that there's a lot of young people like myself who have experienced a lot more than these adults and these teachers mm-hmm. um, and it is very important in nowadays society for young people to be heard and involved because not only will it impact us the most but we're the ones who are living through it the most, whether it's the education system, mm-hmm. mental health services, we're living through it. We've got the up-to-date information and the knowledge, and if anything's going to change, it will change by young people helping it mm-hmm. and putting their voice forward. Mm-hmm. I find it quite astonishing because I, I, I thought that we'd moved on a little bit, but quite clearly from what you said, we probably haven't moved on as much as I, well, certainly as much as I would have liked, and I'm sure others would would say the same. Um, to be told from one teacher that, um, you know, your voice doesn't matter, and then another teacher saying yes, speak up. It sounds to me like there's a great deal of inconsistency going on there. So was that in some ways quite annoying? It, it was very annoying. Mm. Very annoying. Um, and. You'd say that the younger the younger teachers, they would understand more and they would listen to you. Yeah. But then you have the older teachers who don't yeah. because it's the fact that the school system is completely different now mm. to when they went to school, when mm. it was in the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, inconsistency was annoying. It mm. had a great, great big impact on my mental health. Mm. And it, it, it doesn't help anyone. Mm. Um, and it's something that does need to change. Yeah. So you mentioned before the break that you had a bad experience. Um, was it a couple of Februarys ago? You were saying. So I imagine that 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 was a time where you felt that you did want to speak out and seek 
the appropriate help. Um, so my, my question is, did you, were you asking those sorts of questions at the time and what sort of responses were you getting, if any? Um, it, it, it was quite a magnificent match, really. There was a few people who did listen. Mm. There was a few people who didn't. And you, you would go unheard, you'd go, you just get pushed aside, really. Yeah. Um, but then also there was the aspect of the fact that I didn't want to speak out for a long period of time, mm. which it doesn't help anybody, but I think that the current systems we have now and the fact that young people don't go heard, mm. it, it had a massive, it, it contributed quite a lot to me not not wanting to speak out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of both. But, yeah. And so you... You, th- you you came up with an idea to wanting to change all that. You came up with a name. Um, when you were thinking this over, um, and I'm sure you might have had conversation with peers and 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 your your mom. Um, what did you identify as the the sorts of targets and goals that you wanted to achieve with this? Um, or is it maybe something that you're happily learn as you go along, as it were, you're kind of like, you're going to light this rocket and then see where it flies to and and take it from there, as it were. Well, at the start, there was, um, but as the project has developed over the past year and a half, there is more or less just doing things as you go along. Yeah. So over the past year and a half, there's been about two, three different changes in the project yeah. and what we'll focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the start, we covered mental health, racism, climate change, gender equality. Mm. But now we're focused primarily on mental health. Mm. At the start, we focused on young people and students. But now we're not only focused on students, but teachers, parents, youth clubs, anyone who has an involvement with a young person, we now focus on them as well. So um, how, how, so are you, been... how are you operating this at the moment? Is it just you? Is it other people? Um you're saying you've got all these goals targeting on, but are you? What's the sort of engagement like um, when people approach you? As you say, you've got peers who approach you, you know, seeking advice and help. Um, do you have like a, a system database that you refer them to, or do you just, you know, offer your own experiences and 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 do like a compare and contrast or like a peer support thing? And you know, I'm just curious as to how you're going about this. Um, in terms of supporting people, it is quite. A- it's primarily based on my experiences. Um, so I'll go to them. I'm, I'm not providing advice and professional advice, mm. but it's just having a conversation. Mm. They'll tell me what's wrong. I'll listen to them. And if I can help, I'll tell them that I went through something similar. This is how I got through it. Yeah. And obviously, um, I've, I've made referrals to young people in the past, to professional service, services. Okay. Um which is also something I'm more than happy to do, but mm. the young people I talk to, mm. the issues they're going through, it doesn't need to get that far. Mm. And what I do is more or less just early intervention. Yeah. Um, so like from next year, um, where we'll be working in schools, youth teams provide educational training sessions. Yeah. Um, so in terms of support with that, I'm working with a lot of people. Um, people who specialise in different aspects of mental health, mm. so then we can provide a more direct and targeted approach to each mm. individual issue. I imagine, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind I'm already thinking that two of the big issues uh, 
um, in 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 regards to you know the whole context of mental health um, would be one on one side it could be how you know kids of your age have you know struggles with lockdown and all the things that come with it. So that could mean, as you say, the, the isolation and being stuck in a household where there could be, example, domestic violence and all that sort of thing going on. And I guess on the other side is, um, as I hear quite so often, is is the the failure of services like comms. It's not being, you know, it's 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 not being um, reached out to enough people. Would I be right to make those two assumptions? Yeah, one hundred percent. And like, especially in services that like comms and whatnot, not only do they not reach enough people, but when they do, there's the, the services they provide aren't adequate. Yeah. So either there'll be a long waiting list, or mm-hmm. the service won't be tailored to the young person. Mm-hmm. Um, because what people need to understand is that each individual person has mm-hmm. different needs. Yeah. And if you're not specialized, if you're not tailoring it around that one person, then it's bound to fail. Yeah. Um, and obviously, lockdown has had a tremendous impact. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't get that contact with your peers like you would when you're at school. Mm-hmm. But then, once again, like, counselling services. I went through a period of um, cognitive behavioural therapy during lockdown. Yeah. And it was all over the phone. Yeah. Which, for me, I need that face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. Um. So lockdown doesn't help, but mm. also serves the um like the services like comms, um just like counselling services basically. Even before lockdown, they were made to support young people in the best way possible. It, it, it's very outdated. Yeah. Last way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned about the whole as you as you said before in terms of face to face interaction as regards to with teachers. And it's certainly, it's certainly in the same case regarding, you know, therapy. Um, you know, I've talked to quite a few therapists and organisations, and uh, the common question is obviously, when it comes to lockdown, the whole kind of switching from face to face to, to online and the whole virtual thing and phones and such. But would you also agree, Kai, that perhaps there'll be some of your peers who possibly could. Who might be reluctant to do a face-to-face um, therapy, that they might find it an, an advantage to do something virtual, maybe on the phone or through Zoom or something. I guess it's all about putting as many options on the table possible, which would encourage the the person needing help to to find what's best for them. Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that from my experience, anyway, when you do get referred into um, the children and young people service for mental health support. Yeah. I don't think there is the offer of, you know, whether you want to do it on the phone or do you want to meet us in person. Yeah. You get a letter, you go to the, wherever it is, mm. you have your meeting there. Mm. Um, so for lockdown, I think it, it, it would have helped a lot of people. Because yeah. um, I think that they do get a bit anxious, a bit stressed mm-hmm. when it is face to face. Yeah, I remember that I, I I used to get like that when I was in year seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've overcome that now, and I I love I, I have to have that face to face interaction. Yeah, but I used to be like that, which would have to be over the phone mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. So no lockdown did definitely have good sides to it for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. obviously for 
a lot of other people it didn't yeah. so it's finding that right balance between yeah. the both yeah i mean i have to say it's you know on a on a on a reassuring level to hear that yourself and and peers your age um having the courage to seek seek help i think is still a great step to be proud of in terms of how far we've come because certainly my generation you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't even thought of that you know it, we were still kind of very old school with that you know it's um we still had the man up sort of um phrase and to to admit to any forms of weakness of course if it was anything physical it was almost seen in a seen in a kind of very bravado kind of way you know um oh thingy thingy me bob's you know uh, broke his leg playing football. He did this. He did that. And there was almost like a heroic feel. But if it was anything mentally, it was seen as a bit of a, you know, oh, too, hugely, hugely taboo. So I'm, I'm, even though we're hearing about some, um, you know, failure or you know, services not being as adequate as it should be, I'm still feeling re- reassured that the, the, the youngsters are. are are willing to take the leap to to get help, so I think that's one thing to be um, proud of, certainly. So, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned as well in the pre-chat that you've you've um, been talking to and working with other um, groups and charities, some of which have been previous co- um, guests on our show as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, and so I, didn't, I mentioned it not too long ago that. I work with as many charities and projects as possible mm. to provide a more direct and focused approach on an individual issue. Mm. So each charity will specialise in a different issue of mental health. Yeah. Um, so if you care, share, they focus primarily on suicide. Mm. Um, children Northly, they will have a big part primarily in depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, I'm just looking here on my notes here. Um, I work with a service called Male Voice Eating Disorders, yeah. who specialise mainly in male eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do, I want to find as many charities as possible so they can come in, they can help, whether it is creating a session or running their own session. And they can speak specifically on one issue. Because mm-hmm. if you have one session and you speak about depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder at the same time. Mm. A lot of things can, they'll mix and match, and young people won't take it in as well as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with as many charities as possible to ensure that we can connect with young people in the best way possible, mm. so that all this information we're giving them, mm. they're taking it in, and they're actually listening, and it can create that better understanding of mental health. Mm. So when you approach these um, these organisations, I was I'm curious to know how receptive they were when you once you got in touch, and I guess you imagine you gave them a bit of your um, not only ambitions for your project, but 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 you know a bit of your own backstory, and and did they sort of think, yeah, we can work with this guy because he's he's in a way kind of like plugging into a void, a sort of sort of void there, which with, you know, bridging between organisations, young people, which is obviously isn't always easy, because encouraging people to talk about their mental health, especially young, is no easy task. But someone like yourself, who 
you know, you've been very candid and very open. I guess they were like, yeah, let's let's do this, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about so when I made a suicide attempt in, uh, last February. One of the adult um, psychologist teams came down and one of the blokes who spoke to me when he left, he said to use my story to you know make people hear and make people realise. Mm-hmm. So when I approach these charities, the first thing I do is I tell them about my experiences. I tell them that I went through depression. Mm-hmm. I tell them that I, I went through having an eating disorder. I tried mm-hmm. to take my life. Mm-hmm. And from then, going onwards, it, it's like, like we're with the school when I told them. And I told them that I've got experience and I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It sort of pushes them towards the side of, yeah, we want to work with them. Whereas if I just go as a, a, a regular young person who hasn't got any experience, yeah. they might be a bit more reluctant, if you get what I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so using my story, story definitely helped. They were very happy to start working with me from the very start. There was a lot of people who um, I emailed them. I told them what I want to do. I told them how I want them to work with me. Mm-hmm. I got an email back the very next day saying, hey, Let's meet up. Let's have a meeting. Mm-hmm. We're more than happy to help. Um, and then just ever for, from the moment in which they tell me they're happy to help, mm-hmm. I go away and I start making plans of what their involvement will look like. Yeah. Then we meet, we discuss, we swap ideas. And at the end of it, we have one plan that works for each and every student. Excellent. So I guess with you sharing your backstory, and I guess some of them would have, ask you if you wouldn't mind you know submitting a you know a short blog piece something like that so other other people in similar positions to yours who haven't made that sort of you know step closer to feeling that they have something to say would be inspired by reading you know some paragraphs in which you've written to therefore you know come join the cause which i think yeah um well that's what it's all about isn't it if one person is, you know, bold enough to explain their story, um, it's it, it's it's just natural. It's human, isn't it? It forms a chain reaction that others do the same. So it sounds that uh, it sounds really really promising. Um, so what stage are you at now with this, Kai? And um, you know, I know this year we're we're kind of we're we're in it. We're in some meanings of uncertainty. Yes, we're. We had the so-called Freedom Day and so forth, but there's still a little bit of um, anxiety around what the rest of the year might look like. Will there be further lockdowns and and all, all that sort of thing? How easy is it to navigate plans with all the uncertainty that's going on? Or are you kind of like thinking ahead without, without any distractions and able to do set out your goals without anything outside kind of like interfering? Um, I, I've always been good at... Um you know, setting my goals, not having anything else in the fear, um, mm. which I'm very grateful for being able to do that. Mm. Um, I, 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 I've got many different plans of, you know, if this happens, then we'll do this. Yeah. If this happens, we'll do this. Um, mm. So I've got a plan that will start immediately in September. I've got a plan to start in October half term in case we go back into lockdown in September. Yeah. I've got a plan to start in January yeah. um, should lockdown we go back into lockdown and last a long period of time. 
Um, I, I'm working around everything, every possible possibility mm. um, to ensure that we can get this into schools as soon as possible. Excellent. Um, so at the current moment of time, we're in the, um, the stone development stage of the project. We're still creating the plans of how it will look like. Mm. Um, we're still talking with schools and trying to get more schools involved. Um, so it, it is touch and go. We've got to see what happens, but we have plans for everything. Wow. Well, well, best of luck to you. Um, you mentioned other issues regarding young, young people, the kind of things that they're thinking about. Um, you mentioned racism. Obviously, that's also been big in the news, as has climate change. Do you think all these issues are, are interlinked in the way that, um, you know, we've had the Black Lives Matter, and, you know, well, just recently you would have seen the news regarding the floodings and the fires. Um, young people want to be the change that they want to see to ensure the better future for themselves and, and future generations, obviously. But do you think these things are interlinked where, for example, if you wanted to shout more about racism, more about climate change, and you feel that not enough has been done about it, that it has an adverse effect on your mental health? Are all these issues related in, in, in your eyes? Um, definitely a lot of links um, mm. between these issues. Um, like one of the biggest issues is like the issue of racism, gang crime, um, and things like that, which have a massive impact on young people um, mm. and their mental health. Um, because like I say, like my school, there's a large proportion of people who are ethnic minority, including myself. Mm. Um, and to go on the news and say that, oh, this black person died, this black person died, they got killed, police mm. brutality. It creates a lot of um, anxiety for mm. all these young, black, Asian, whatever your ethnicity is, even just white people. Mm. There, there's a lot of um, uncertainty uncertainty and stress and mm. um, especially with the sort of reports that are coming from the news and the sort of things you find on social media it, none of it helps and each issue will link one way or another mm. i know i know people who um they, they get stressed over the environment and global change and just things like that and i see firsthand the, the impact it has on them Mm. So I think that in order to address the mental health crisis we're facing now, we've got to also address the other issues like racism, mm. and climate change, and gang crime, mm. and whatnot. Um, so yeah, once you fix one issue, or once you start to address one issue, then you'll slowly start to see that other issues start to, I don't know, don't know the word for it, but like, if you address mental health, then you'll start to see that racism, the studies around racism, start to drop a little bit. Mm. Or if you address racism, then you'll see people's mental health start to get better. So it does all play with each other um, in that sense, yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, myself being of ethnic minority, I mean, it certainly wasn't easy growing up in the 90s. And, and as you're right, the whole kind of flare-up that we saw after the football, um, just shows to go that the, the the work there's still a lot more work to be done, um, certainly. Um, and regards to the environment, absolutely. I mean, um, 
It's great that we're talking more about saving our green spaces because, you know, it's been scientifically proven that, um, you know, green spaces does wonders for our well-being. So, yeah, they're all, they're all absolutely interlinked. So um, um, I think you're... You and your generation are absolutely right to address all those issues around the same time because they are all um, interlinked in such ways. So um, we're coming up to the end, Kai. It's been uh, great chatting to you. Um, you're certainly very, very articulate for a young lad. I'm, I'm hugely, hugely impressed. Um, my last question, my last couple of questions, because they are to do with young people and in relation to what we've just been talking about. Um, in terms of like tools of the trade, obviously social media, very recent phenomenon and um, how effective has that been has, has that been for to get your message out and of course there's a lot of bad things around social media but how do you yourself as with your project turn it as a, a force for good and i guess on the end of that as well um talking about what we see in the news um i know for young people you know looking up to people and role models is, is hugely important and we have people such as you your Marcus Rashfords, your Greta Thunbergs and such like, how important are people like that to help you sort of achieve your goals and gain, gain inspiration from? Um, well, to answer your first question, uh, mental health, uh, um, I mean, social media in terms of my project, it's been great because mm. we've been able to reach so many different people mm. all across Newcastle. So mm. people who young people who I'd never have gotten in contact with before yeah. and now have social media and they're yeah. reaching out to me and I'm able to reach out to them. Mm. So for me, social media is one of the best inventions ever if people use it right. right yeah. And it all, it all comes down to the individual person yeah. and how they use social media. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've been able to use it for so many good things to reach out to so many new people and it has been great. Um, and just, just moving on to the second question there, I think that for me, for me I took a lot of inspiration from Marcus Rashford mm -hmm. and the work he did uh, around um, child poverty and child hunger. Mm -hmm. um, his work influenced a lot of work I'm doing um, in terms of you know, getting government on board. I'm getting a local council involved um, mm -hmm. who will hopefully fully support the project come the end, end of August. Mm -hmm. um, and people like him influence so many other young people mm -hmm. if you go on social media you can go on marcus rashford's twitter or with instagram you scroll down and mm -hmm. there's so many inspirational messages that he's putting out for young people mm -hmm. and in a time in which there's so much uncertainty around the future he does provide that little bit of hope yeah as do many other young people yeah um so so social media does play a huge impact have a huge impact on mental health if you use it in the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Completely agree. And I think that wraps up uh, this episode quite quite uh, nicely. Um, Kai Layton, you're, you're a very impressive young gentleman and I wish you all the best in your endeavours. Um, I'd like to um, send warm wishes to your mum as well, not only for the work that she does, but she has a, a very impressive young lad who uh, is taking a very similar journey to what she has done. Um, and yeah, and if ever you want to be back on the show, to talk more, um, you're more than welcome. I'm sure we can work together um, more in the future. It's been a pleasure talking to you, young young sir. Um, yeah, good luck and take care. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, listeners. That wraps up uh, episode 64. 
Um, as I say on the end of each episode, um, stay safe out there. Um, we're not out of the woods yet. Um, I know everyone takes and interprets freedom there as how they do. But um, yeah, it's it's still important that we stay safe. But I always say as well, more importantly, take care of your mental health. If you listen to us on Spice FM, stay tuned for the next show. But in the meantime, yes, um, join us again next week for some more Mentally Sound Life and Lockdown. Cheers. Bye.